Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Thoughts of Peaches. This is Peaches. Hi, Darren. So, I am doing today's episode and we're going to talk a lot about perceptions of masculinity. And I have a friend of mine, um, Wilkins, who will be coming on, who has a very successful podcast of his own. And I'm going to let him give a more formal introduction of himself, but I have him coming on because he addresses a lot Mm -hmm. of the same things I bring up in conversation, but from the gaze and perspective of a straight black man. And a lot of those ideals we have align very well. And it's going to be interesting to see how it sounds from the other side of the coin, because I can talk as much as I want about the straight man's perspective on all kinds of things, but you're going to hear it from a man who identifies as straight. And we're going to get into a discussion about where those lines are and what's crossing the line, what's not crossing the line, where the parallels between the experiences are and things like that. So it should be a very interesting conversation. So get ready. Hello? Noon, sir. Hey, what's up? You hear me? Yes, I can. All right, perfect. That's what I love about this app. I just send the link and it pops right up. Yeah, yeah, it's pro- it's it's pretty awesome. I'm- during quarantine, when we couldn't go into the stu- into the studio, that's what I used. I, I found this one to be very easy to use and very easy for people to pick up. I had a couple of technical issues once or twice, but their customer service worked everything out really easily. Oh, okay, that's good. How are you today? I'm good. I have no complaints. Good. I have a day off so I can get some stuff done. And we okay. talked about recording this weeks ago. <laughs> how, how's it going, the podcast, actually? It- it's going. Um, it's kind of like my own personal thing to like vent to people. Especially, I started doing it during the quarantine, just because we couldn't go out and talk to people, mm-hmm. and it was a nice outlet to reach out and get to know people and get give people my opinion because I talk very freely anyway. Mm-hmm. So it actually worked out being something. I was like, you know what, I'm going to keep this up because people are really enjoying it. And then some of the topics I did were very interesting and thought-provoking things that people really got into. So I was like, I'm going to stick with this. This is something nice I can do. And also, it means I don't have to leave my house. <laughs> Are you back yeah. at work? Um, I am back at work part-time, but that is complicated. I will tell you that separately. <laughs> okay. Um, so everybody knows me because it's my show and my name is on it. So just for my listeners, just give yourself a quick introduction. Okay. Um, I've introduced myself. Yes. Oh, my bad. Um, my name is Sir Wilkins of the Jobbeteers Network. I'm one of the, the, the founding members of the Jobbeteers Network. I am a personal trainer, podcaster, and wrestler in training. Pretty simple life, pretty simple man that I am. So I wanted to have this conversation with you because there is a very funny story that I tell people that you were actually witness to that oh. kind of frames the um our friendship a little bit okay. it was, i want to say maybe 10 or so years ago you went to esquilita nightclub rest in peace esquilita with myself leslie jason and jennifer yes and we went to mcdonald's in times square after this excursion this was also your full int- your first introduction to my alter ego miss sheba Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're remembering this story now. Yeah, I am. We are in McDonald's, and this lovely gentleman who was on some form of substance that was not alcohol came in and was bothering people on his way in. And Jason, being intoxicated, wanted to say something. And I yoked him back down to the table and said, Sit down and be quiet. When the gentleman tried to walk out, he said something, and Jason, being drunk, thought he was talking us. So Jason stood up and said something to the guy. And then the guy threw the chair that almost hit me in my face, and I drop kicked him wearing my heels. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That happened. That, that definitely yeah. happened. You, you, you were there. So for everyone listening, this is verification. The stories I tell you guys are not false. I have witnesses that were present. This is someone who was present for this incident. I yeah. can literally jump off of the ground in heels and drop kick somebody. It's not. A, it's not a joke. Yeah, you definitely did do that. <laughs> you definitely did do that. 
Um, so the other catalyst for this episode and this conversation is between your podcast, the things you post on your personal page, and even things we talk about in the Facebook group you invited me to join, um, a lot of our opinions overlap about a lot of things as far as society goes. But I think for the world to hear those same concepts from two different voices gives it a little bit more validity for people to listen to. Okay. So, for example, me talking about how toxic masculinity affects the community and the world and stuff like that comes from a very specific lens, and some people may not take it seriously. But then you echoing the same sentiment from your perspective, they're like, okay, that makes more sense to me because he sounds more like the life I live. Yeah. So we're going to talk. I pulled from a few conversations we've had just a couple of topics I want to throw out there. Okay. For example, in the gay scene, we call it reading. Now, gay folks, we read our friends all the time because we're not here for anybody's bullshit. If your friend's fucking up, you drag them as far as east as the west, you go to brunch and carry on. Yeah. In the straight world, it's called calling out your friends. Now, we had a discussion in that group at one point about calling out your friends for their fuck shit behavior or do you let them get away with it? What is your opinion on that? Um, this is me personally. Mm-hmm. I'm a very outspoken person and I also love hard because once you're in my circle, you're considered more family than a friend. Exactly, yes. So a little bit my backstory. I'm a I'm adopted per se. So my mom, who was my adopted mother, she taught me love is not from blood always. It's all about who treats you right. Yeah, and I'm from a Caribbean household as well, so we're very honest. We're very honest to each other to to a point that it's borderline like disrespectful. <laughs> I can hurt somebody's feelings, but it's honesty is honesty. So with me, I'm I'm super honest with my friends, and and for the most part, I try, especially at this age. Like maybe when I was younger, 16, 16 15 I've been a little bit more like nah. But at this point in my life, I'm super honest with them. Like to be real with you, it's funny you you mentioned this. I had a friend. He called me. He um he had just got out of jail. Mm-hmm. And he had called me today. He was like, "Hey, I've been missing because I was I was in book. I was in. I did some jail time for a gun charge. I'm still trying to get over this gun charge, whatever, blah blah blah." And he's telling me the story, and he has a drinking problem. He also has a bad temper, mm-hmm. and he also puts his hands on women. Oh no! So I didn't know about this until today he told me this i know about his temper and his drinking problems but he had told me he hit a girl a particular girl he was dating and then he had told me that he had pulled out a gun on his sister because she stole money from him okay so i'm I'm sitting there like bro this is disgusting this is absolutely disgusting and you need to go get help. See, I'm glad you say that because a lot of that was going to be the next one of the next parts of the conversation. Cause I remember we did have a topic of mental health that came up. I find, cause I, even I was talking to a friend of mine earlier, people get insulted when you tell them they have an issue they need to seek help for, even though it's not coming from an insulting place. Um, It's, People, even though I guess it's more mainstream mental health, seeing getting therapy, and, and in the back in the black community as well, and the Latino community, it's like still a stigma when somebody's like, I go see a therapist. Yes. It's still a slight stigma in that. And and that stigma causes the animosity because when you turn around and tell somebody, they tell you they have a problem, it's like, oh, I think you need to go talk to somebody. They get defensive. 
It's like, what do you mean I need to go talk to somebody? Why why do I need to go put my business out there? I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. That exactly. And a lot of people don't understand that the therapist doesn't put your business out there. Um, I need to I, I had a therapist for a while, like about a year, maybe two years. I no about a year and a half. I need to find a new one because I kind of grown out of her. Mm-hmm. I think she was not being objective enough to me. Okay. And I think she started agreeing with me, and, she, and I think she, it became more motherly than, than, than what I needed. Yeah, because the whole point of going to a therapist is you're going to an unbiased sounding board yeah. to yeah. make you do the work. Yeah, and I think I needed, I think I needed a new one. She was great. She was my first therapist ever. So I needed that. She kind of she kind of was my training wheels until I get like another one. And I need to get another one because I've been through a lot in my life. And I remember I dated this girl and she had issues, had a ton of them. And I was like, yo, we can't continue this relationship until you start going to see therapy. And she was like, no, I don't need anything. I don't need it. What are you talking about? We can work through our problems. I was like, nah, you got issues that I can't deal with. Because you have issues yourself that are becoming our issues. Yeah. And um, I, I'm a very helpful person. So it goes back to the original question of calling people out because I will call somebody out. And sometimes at this age, I'm kind of learning to shut the fuck up too. Like if it's not your friend friend, yeah, who, you kind of got to be like, all right, whatever. Like that's that's their issue, and if they act until they ask you for your opinion on something, then then you say it. Like this past year, especially during quarantine, I've had to learn like when to um, draw that line of saying something, or where where I should be saying something, where my opinion needs to be said about somebody's situation or or the way that they're acting. Because sometimes yeah. it's not my place to say anything, especially if they're not really close to me. But this particular guy he was throwing his life away and I had to tell him like, yo bro, like this is nasty. You need to go do something about this. And I have one of my, one of my female friends, she's actually, she's my best friend and we've been friends for years and she'll do shit to dudes. And I'd be like, nah, that shit was whack. So now you're talking about a long-term friend that goes to the next question. Because I, I think this came up too. The people that have, especially when it comes to close friends, family, either by relation or by choice, and even um, romantic partners, the ride or die mentality. How yeah. far does that go? <laughs> it, for me, I, I don't give up on people. Okay. Because a lot of people haven't given up on me. So I put that back out to the world. Now there is a line where you got to like, all right, this is too much. I got to step back. Yes, I've been there. But I don't give up on people. But I I will always, you know, take a little step back because, all right, cool. This is not, you're not really listening to me. You're not doing anything. But I also believe a lot of times friendships aren't based on trust and honesty. People are afraid of trust and honesty because I have issues with making and keeping friends in the past because you know how my mouth is. I say what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. <laughs> if you ask me a question, yeah, I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah, but, but the thing is, I've always established that with my friends. There's one, like my high school friends, maybe. Like, there's one particular friend I went to high school with. Um, the like when when the whole Black Lives Matter was like really at its peak. Yeah, he had. Um, we're, we're in like a, a group chat, and he was like, "I've been telling you guys about this, about this, um, the bullshit in this country for years, for fucking years. Like you know, ever since we, ever since we were younger." And I was like, "Hold up, hold up. No, you have not. What are you talking about? Maybe in the past five years, you have you become more woke and understanding of, of the of." society's society's treatment towards black people but you haven't been doing this since you were since you were younger you forget we went to high school together like no you were ignorant as fuck i was there i know (laughs) i was there and then he got so offended that i said something because our friendship because we're we're, we're friends in high school like i told you i wasn't I i was i wasn't always outspoken before 
So mm-hmm. our friendship wasn't base. It ha- hasn't have that um that base of back of back and forth um truth truth to each other. The the friendship was based on who you were, not who you are now. Exactly. So a lot of times, the adult Wilkins he doesn't see the adult Wilkins. He sees teenager Wilkins more. Got it. So I think that's a lot of time with a lot of friendships. With it, like, for instance, we could talk about um insecure. A perfect example is is Issa and her um what's what's the chick's name? Molly. Molly. The dumpster fire. Yeah. I think Molly's fucking sexy in this, like, whatever. Anyways, women that know how to dress and that are tall, oof, God. Anyways, um, she, their relationship is not based on that. It's based on fun. It's based on this. It's based on like a little bit of truth, but not a hundred percent there. And then I think that's when friendships get like fucked up when they're not based on that. Because then when all, shit happens, you don't know you don't know how to deal with that with that particular friend because your friendship isn't based on real shit. Exactly. Because sometimes you have friends that you just do fun shit with. You just hang out. Those aren't the ones you call when you break up with somebody or somebody passes away or you lost your job. Or you, those aren't the, you don't, those aren't the ones you call. Exactly. Because I remember because the, the, the friend that I'm talking about that knows me from high school, he'll call me. When shit goes left with him. Mm-hmm. Like when his breakup happened, I was one of the first people that knew about it. I went over his crib. I don't drink beer, but I bought some beers over. I, when he was going through whatever he was going through, he'll call me for that. Because that's our friendship is based on. It's I think we, and this is also me getting older, me understanding certain things is that and my aunt kind of told me this when I was younger, but I didn't fully understand it. Everybody's for different things. Sadly, that's how it is. It's not a universal person. There's very few universal people that we have in our lives. You know yeah, what I mean? Some people are meant for a day. Some people are meant for a week. Some people are meant for a year. Some people are meant for a decade. But if even the decade person could just be only the fun person. Yeah. And we grow out of people. We... But a lot of times we we keep people around because I'm known to do that. I've be, from I've got issues where I've lost so much family in my life that I hold on to people that shouldn't be held on for so long, and that's that's my issue. I need to deal. With. So, the, the, you keep you keep just opening the door for the next part of the topic without me even having to say it. <laughs> so the reason, other reason I want to have this con- I picked you for this conversation is because. You are an example of the complete opposite of the latest catchphrase, which is toxic masculinity. You're not afraid of expressing yourself and feeling things and addressing your shit. Why do you think that is such an issue for other guys to do, especially straight men, especially straight men that are black and Latino? So first, the first, first things first, I am a little toxic. I got, I got a little toxic in me. We all, have, we all do. We all so do. I, I don't. I don't want to. I'm going to be honest about that. Also, um, I was raised differently than a typical like um person of color. Yeah. Um, my parents are Haitian, but my mom is like kind of Americanized. Okay. And um, even though she's like straight off the boat, but I was raised kind of more of American. So like that, um, I watch a lot of TV. I have a lot of female friends. Um, my guy friends aren't your typical guys. Like I was raised kind of close to the hood, but not in the hood. Okay. And a lot of it was the women in my life who kind of like um, me call, called out my shit. You were under the constant gaze of women that were like, nah, that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, that's whack. That's trash. Um, nah, you need to do better. I read a lot. I also, like, listen to... The one thing I will always say my aunt told me is, like, watch how other people do their things and don't do the same thing that they do because they already made their mistakes or so learn from their mistakes sometimes. So I'll listen to older black men who are like in their 40s and like listen to a bunch of podcasts of like what they went through mm-hmm. and 
I've come to my, I've come to a point in my life where I was like, this is me. This is me. You're this that is guy me. now. <laughs> huh? You're, you're like, you're that guy now. Yeah, this, this is me. This is who I'm going to be. I'm going to grow from, I'm going to grow bigger from, I'm going to grow from this, be better than this. But at this point, it's like, this is who I am. Like, I like certain things. I like doing certain things. I'm not going to be, um, there's some manly shit that I fucking love. Like, I'm big on, like, hands got to be rough. A dude got to have muscles. Like, I'm on that. But it's other, one of my favorite movies is Beauty and the Beast. Okay. And that's, it's always been, but the thing about it, because I'm so different, I've gotten women because of that. Like, I've been myself, and I've learned that being myself has, like, helped me out. So, why do you, okay, this is, is going to lead into the next topic, but then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask this question first. Why yeah. do you think so many guys have issues being themselves? Because society makes it hard. Society, and it, this is not a cop-out, obviously, but society says a guy has to be a certain way and we stick to that. Like, you can't like this because that's whack. You can't like this because that's whack. I've always been different and I always knew I was different. So I was like, I might as well stick to the different lane. But people don't want to be because when I was young, growing up, I was, I was trying to fit in. But then the older I got, I knew I couldn't fit in. Like, I tried so hard to fit in, I still couldn't fit in. It didn't feel comfortable to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I asked that question to go into the next part, because, again, like the story in the beginning, you, when you met me, you met the fully formed version of who Greg was. Then shortly after, you met Sheba. I yeah. went through the feeling different part at a very early age. And I kind of, shit, I was 14. And I, I took my fucking pill at 14. <laughs> I was like, I don't care what you think. This is who I am. And walked into kind of the same situation a lot of people get to later in life a lot earlier. And that's kind of framed a lot of what my life has become. And... A lot of the topics we had, we kind of bounced things off of each other regarding, like, when you invited me into that group and I sent you that message, I'm like, um, are you sure you want me in here? <laughs> because as I was reading through the message, I was, I was like, I'm gay as hell. There ain't no gay shit in here. A lot of shit in here sounds real, real messy. It's, it's, you need that, though. You need different perspectives on things. And I, I, what I was finding interesting, and this leads to the question, why do, I'm asking you because you're a guy, I, when I have, I'm going to ask my mother the same question when I have her on here for her episode because we have similar conversations. Why do you think it is so complicated for straight men to have conversations with gay men or be able to engage them in a discourse without feeling like it's a reflection of something some weakness or some vulnerability in them. So this is this is my opinion. It's an uncomfortability. It's like this. I can't explain it, but it's just like, oh, he's gay. He might do. He might touch me. This is this. This. No. It's this real uncomfortable factor. And then it's. I think it's also. And I could be wrong, but some guys might may think like, yo. If I'm comfortable, that means I might like him. And that means I'm gay. And it's, I'm, one of my best friends is gay. I'm not gay. I, I don't, but, but that's because of me learn, learning who I am. And a lot of people don't learn who they are. They don't understand. Who, I still, I'm still learning who I am. I'm still understanding who I am. And it took me years to figure it to, to understand that shit. I remember once I had this girlfriend, I had a girlfriend and um, she said some shit to me. And I was just like, yo, listen, you can leave. <laughs> I 
see, you can leave. And a lot of men don't have that. They feel like they have to put up with it because they're a man. Yeah. And and I'm glad I went out with my ex who was so toxic because it learned me to like, I can get another one. I don't need you. Or like, this is this too much out there. And I know who I am. I can get something else. But when it goes back to your question, it's so hard for men to be around gay men because they always think, they don't in the back of their head, they think like, He's going to hit on me or I might like this or this is not the way things should be. Because um, I'll, I'm going to give a scenario, something that kind of irritated me, but then you address a similar thing happening to you and you handled it the way that I think was the right way. So just as much as you like wrestling, I like anything with supernatural stuff and superheroes. That's my lane. Yeah. So the show Legends of Tomorrow impressed me a lot with how they did the storyline. Okay. I still haven't seen it to watch it. Huh? I still haven't seen it. I need to watch it. Oh, it it's 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 I don't follow most of the shows in the Arrowverse, but that is probably the one I followed the most. Okay. And also because they kept true to John Constantine's storyline. John Constantine will pretty much fuck anything that walks. Male, female, alien, demon, <laughs> other so one of the storylines for the villain was a demon possessed his the guy he was dating at the time. And the gentleman who played the part was more known for like his role in Tyler Perry movies and stuff like that. And after doing a very it was on the CW, so there's only but so far they could go, but he walked out of a bathroom after they got out of bed. John Constantine's in the kitchen making breakfast, he and the towel all glistening and wet. Two plus two equals we know what went on in this in the background before the scene aired. Yeah. He then posted a video stating that he would appreciate it if gay men stayed out of his social media inbox with their flirtation, eggplant emojis, and blah 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 blah, all that foolishness. It's the same thing that happens to pretty much anybody who shows a nipple on the internet. Yeah. Now I was bothered by this because I'm like, okay, so you took a gay role knowing you would be sexualized on national television and you're offended because people are in your DMs flirting with you. I thought that was kind of, yeah. But then I heard an interview months later where he clarified the story, which is what he should have done in the original video he posted. Apparently, Somebody post sent him a message talking about doing some salacious things with him and his 15-year-old son, which is a definite no, because that's a child. Yeah. But I feel like he should have clarified that in the initial video so we knew where his point was coming from. It seemed like too much of a blanket of a statement. Now, fast mm -hmm. forward to the question you posed about the respectful gay dude hitting you up in your inbox and I thought how you answered him and gracefully declined is the way it should be handled. If you're not interested, there's no reason to get super defensive and jump down people's throat or make blanket statements. And the question comes, why is it so difficult for men to take a compliment from someone they're not attracted to? And I say someone they're not attracted to because I've seen guys get offended when girls that aren't their type or they're not interested in pay them a compliment. Just take the compliment and run and take the, build some confidence. Um, Because men aren't supposed to compliment other men on their looks. <clears throat> That's basically what it is. Because if you do, then you gay. Yes. <laughs> so if I tell you, you look real good, that's mad gay. Like I couldn't tell a guy he looks real good. I'm like, yo, look at you look nice. Like you know, in the in your outfit, look nice outfit. Looking, you look you look sharp. You used to tell so me that when you were coming to Swarovski all the time, huh? You used to tell me that when you were coming to Swarovski all the time. Yeah, but that's the most you'll get out of it. Exactly. It, that's that's what it is. I can't be like you look sexy. You look that's, delicious. That's no, that's, that's, no, no, no. <laughs> that's too much. That that's that's, that's mixed messages. <laughs> that's that, that's too much. It's, it's not like and if. And if I were to say, you like, yo, is he gay? So a lot of times, like, oh, whatever. For me, I was like, it's a fucking compliment. And 
the gay community support supports. So if I ever make it, I got my support in one community already. So, so listen, that's how, that's you how I it. And the community people willing to spend money. Yeah, so that's how I look at it. I was like, and I don't take it as a sometimes it gets disrespectful. Where it's like, all right, bro, you need to stop. But if, but if homeboy hits me up and's like, hey, and then he asks, are you gay? No, I'm not. Okay, cool. Cognition is done now. But like, also, like I told you, if they get disrespectful, call me. You know, I like to fight. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so if, if you're disrespectful, there's a whole different conversation. It's like, all right, bro, you're wild. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna ignore this. Like. I remember um, one of my homegirls was like, I said, because I'll, I'll be funny, like, hey, I got this, look at the screenshot, because it's, it's like funny to me, because yeah. I'm a dude, and I'm getting, I'm getting these comments, I'm getting this, and so it's funny, so I said it to one of my homegirls, and she was like, you must like this, you must like this shit. And I was like, wow, you just get offended? Like, it's not that serious. It, it, I remember another another homegirl of mine, not homegirl, my ex girlfriend. She she had I said I screenshotted it to her and I was like, hey, check this out. And then she was like, why are you speaking to him? You shouldn't be rude with that. You should be talking. Get the fuck out of here. And I was like, it's not that serious. But then also that toxicity that you're talking about is a lot of it is rooted from women. Yes, because we had this discussion. So this is one of the, this was going to be my next point. What part do women play in men's toxic behavior? I would say a large 35%. <clears throat> okay, a strong 35. I can I can work with that. A strong 35 because at the end of the day, everything men do is to get women. Exactly. A lot of the toxic behavior they have is based on what they think appeals to women. Yeah. And a lot of women let and a lot of a lot of women are are like, nah, this is how shit should be. This is how a man should be. And by in turn, if that that definition pushes people sometimes to dark and negative places. Exactly. If you say a man should be strong he should not cry or whatever so that means he's going to repress all these feelings and when that shit can't be repressed in the morning no i'm not defending domestic violence in any way but just put it case in point you tell him to repress his feelings and man up and don't cry when there ain't no more room to press shit down he haul off and start breaking shit all of a sudden he's an animal yeah and and it's a lot of it is like nah you a bitch you this you're that you're that now, is this uh, a culmination of, like, father figures not being in the household? Yes. So but that's why I give even, even Even when they are, though, sometimes the father figures perpetuate that negativity as well. Because I grew up with a father, then my stepfather being in the house, and... I got called the F word a number of times because I was not the epitome of masculinity. Yeah. And, I, um, but that's the old school mentality. Like a lot of our parents are stuck in whatever era they're in. They don't evolve. Parents yeah. don't evolve. My mother tries. She, she, yeah. she, she calls me when she has questions. She's like, I got a question. I'm yeah, watching but, but is that, is that, is that a boy or a girl? Mommy, she's a girl now. But she was a man, right? She was born a man. She's a girl now. Yeah, but that's a far in between. It's, it's my mother's an anomaly. She she's yeah. my mother's a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. So um it's these conversations that you kind of gotta have. Like my mom is an old school Haitian woman, she's borderline conservative. So she'll say certain things. I'm like, nah, that's not how it is. Like she calls every Asian person Chinese. And I have to tell her, no, that's not what it is. No, that's not how you do it. <laughs> the Everybody one thing I will, say, I will say, she's super accepting to the LBGT community. I I find it more, I find, and you know what? I find I get that more from older women. Getting older women to come around is 
easier than older men. Yeah, but it's older men have a it's old men are usually stuck in their stuck in their ways a lot more. Yes. That's just that's just how we are just wired. We're like, all right, this is what I am. Fuck it. I'm not changing this. You know, they'll change it, it can it can change, but it's, we are stuck in our ways a lot more. But when it comes to like that toxic stuff, it goes they men and women play hand in hand in the situation. And a lot of stuff that we do is is for women and, and to get women and how to get women like oh, oh oh I gotta be this big strong guy I'm gonna get this car I'm gonna look like this I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and that but then come to find out women don't even know what they want they don't want they, see what I've learned and this is why a lot of my male straight male friends come to me for advice because I'm I'm the late I'm the woman translator because girls will tell me the stuff they don't t- want to tell their boyfriends. And what I find amusing about the whole thing is there's a key element that a lot of straight men miss in those conversations about, oh, women want a car, women want the muscles, women want this, women want that. That's not a full truth. Women want to see you put forth the effort to get those things (laughs) on their behalf to show your affection. They don't really care about the actual thing. Yeah. I think the the average woman doesn't care. I think the average woman doesn't care. No, she just wants to know you're willing to try. Yeah, like the average woman doesn't care. The average woman doesn't um, care too much about like, like I've always said this before. There was this chick, I um, this woman, I'm sorry. She used to come to, she goes to wrestling events in the city. She has a full ass beard, like a full beard. Okay deep voice and she's about she's engaged to a guy Uh and i use that as an example of like it doesn't matter how you look you'll find somebody you'll find multiple people there's somebody for there's multiple people for multiple people yes and i've always said i use her as a prime example because i was like because i have guy friends but yo i can't get like i can't get laid like nah you can it's just that you don't want to Really, you're you're too stuck in your ideal. They don't. Yeah, they don't. A yes. lot of people don't understand the eighty twenty rule, which is eighty twenty rule. Hundred percent is your perfection, your ideal. The eighty twenty rule is statistically the person you're meant to be with will be eighty percent of your ideal. That other twenty percent is superficial, extraneous bullshit. Yeah, it's it's like nah, like you can you can find somebody and I think guys were so, and I'm, and I'm guilty of this. I think there's a certain, I, I'm assuming that a certain thing that women want, like most women like fat dudes. But here's a, okay. Interesting biology lesson about animals. And that's why I say humans are animals. All the humans are animals, just like everything else. <clears throat> the most likely, the reason why a lot of women like thicker fat dudes is a biological response of feeling safe protected and they will be fed yeah no that's that's a hundred the reason why like and but it's also insecurities too because you you're a beaut and this is again the insecurity you're a beautiful girl you will end up going for a fat dude because you in your mind and this is not only an insecurity it's overconfidence you think you're so beautiful that they're with you they will not leave you because they feel grateful to have you there yeah but then you're one of a dozen women who think like that. So he could probably get another girl that just thinks exactly the same way. Exactly. And if he, he knows, knows what he's doing. If, if he, if he is, has enough of awareness, has enough self-confidence, and doesn't fall into that trap that you've set. Yeah. And then also a lot of, like, it's hard for me to date because I'm so muscular. So... And, I, and I'm a bigger person, but, but a lot of women don't like it because they're like, oh, he's he's more he's too much in shape. I can't date that. They're they're intimidated by it. They're intimidated by it. They're like, he's too much in shape. I don't like or they don't some or some women just don't find it attractive. But most women like to be around a really fit dude is like it's a it's a little too much. And they, they feel like they need to they they start making them look at their body differently. They think they need to be Little do they know if they get to know people, everybody's type isn't a reflection of who they are. Yeah. 
So, but but a lot of women don't see it that way, and that's and it goes back to like, oh, like I want a guy that looks like this because that looks because granted, like a bigger dude with a beard. Like I always tell my boy, like fat dudes are winning right now. Like girls love a fat dude, Rick Ross looking type of dude. Mm-hmm. Like women love that, especially black black and Latino women. That's what that's what most most of them that I I know love. Especially girls who are like a little bit thicker. They're like a, a bigger dude. They look they like look like somebody that looks like they can protect and handle them. Yeah, but like I I'm not, I don't want to have a gut. I'm sorry. I like to see my penis. <laughs> I have the I have the I have a similar issue on my side of the aisle where I'm not the most masculine man by any stretch of the imagination. Sorry, not, that's just not me. I'm not the most feminine by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> I fall in the middle and people don't know how to read that. So since I don't fall into one of those boxes, people don't get me very well. Mm-hmm. So they read my feminine qualities and they're attracted to that. But then the fact that I have an aggressive nature, they're like, no, that's, that's, I'm not, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm a bitch who likes to have the nails done and likes to fight. What do you want from me? I'm I'm Cardi, so I, I'm Cardi B. I have that problem too. When it comes to a lot of chicks, like they see me, they're like, "Oh, he's like a super square, corny dude." This he's a safe guy. Little do they know, <laughs> like he's the safe guy. Oh, um, I know that nothing's really gonna happen. Like, in like a lot of black girls, I do date. Oh, he he probably only dates white chicks, so I might probably want a few black girls he date. So he's saying blah, blah, blah. But it's like, and then I put him through the ringer. I was like, nah, you thought this. This is not who I am. I've had the same thing happen. Like I've had guys, even when I'm at work sometimes, walk up on me on some real aggressive, I'm going to make you my bitch type stuff. And when I turn around and they see my personality, they're like, oh no, you're too much. I'm like, but you walked up on me like you about to hit me up like this is an episode of Oz. That's wild. I, I, so I use this story to prove my point. This guy, I thought he was cute. He was a friend of one of my bartenders. Very, very attractive man. If he would have approached me the right way, I would have indulged the conversation and let him get to know me. But one time I'm sitting at the bar talking to the bartender. He walks up behind me, pushes all the way up against me. And says in my ear, he's like, you know I could break you, right? I'm like, oh, really? When I tell you, I launched him so far back against the wall when I threw my ass into his pelvis. <laughs> so then I went back along doing what I was minding my business. I, the bartender comes, I come downstairs to close the bartender. He tells me, he's like, yo, you scared the fuck out of him. I'm like, I scared the fuck out of him. He walked up on me like he was about to bend me over the bar. That's wild. He's like, oh, but if you're going to be this, that, and the other, you need to be more soft. I was like, no, he needs to talk to me like a person and figure out who I am before he approached me like that. But I love the fact that women think I'm like this super loser, really nice guy thing. But that works in your favor. Yeah, it works in the favor of all of them. I call I on the last episode, like I did an episode of Cats and Dogs. I call it the nice fuck boy. <laughs> okay. Cause and a lot of women fall for it because and and, and, it's, and I've gotten better at it. Like I actually because I generally care about a girl. Like I'll treat you extremely well, but doesn't mean we have to be in a, we're in a relationship. That makes sense. Like I'm going to open the door for you. I'm going to hit you up every day. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to like do things because I like you. I think you're cool, but it doesn't mean we're in a relationship. That doesn't make you my girlfriend. No, we never had this conversation. But we, not, no, no terms have been established. Yeah, but and then I will see other women. Am I going to tell you? No. Because we never said anything about no terms have been established. Yeah, so well, that, I'm going to have to do well, that goes into the same conversation I was having about, and it it manifests differently between gay people and straight people. It's still the same issue. 
the generation we're in, we were never taught about dating and courtship. We were never taught about going steady and giving somebody your letterman jacket to show that that's your girl. We were never taught those steps and phases. So there's a lot of stuff that's not spoken or miscommunication where people misread signals or don't have conversations and make assumptions to where things are. I have fallen victim to this myself. Well, I think it's more, it's a couple of things. Um, so people love to say our parents' generation was so much better because that was real love, blah, blah, blah. No, it wasn't. And I'm going to tell you that shit right fucking now. No, it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't real love because a lot of those were situations of circumstances and arrangements or if you got somebody pregnant, you had to marry them. That's, 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 that's it. A hundred percent. That's what it is. It's, but they still had the examples to, if they, the rare occasion you did want to go through the process of getting to know somebody, you at least had visceral concrete examples of what that looked like. You did, but I also think that it, because their parents had no choice either. Yeah, like, it was, yeah. I think right now we have so one. The one I will say we have too many options. We we are we are the generation of options and convenience. They are the generations of sac. They are the generation of sacrifice and circumstance. Yes, because like when people say, "Oh, marriage used to last long," the reason why it lasts long is because. They had no choice. She she couldn't leave because she had no job. Or I'll take it even a step further. Not only could she not leave because she had no job, if she did leave, she wouldn't be able to get a job or live nowhere because nobody would take her. Exactly. So that, that's another that's another thing. And 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 she had no place, she had no place to go. Now, now. Have I seen true love? Yes, because my aunt and uncle are still together after 20-something years. They genuinely like each other. I've I've been there in the house where they genuinely have a relationship and they genuinely like each other. I think I'm glad you said like because I think that's a part that a lot of people are missing and oh, how a hundred a hundred percent like they genuinely <laughs> like to be with each other like they genuinely like each other like and I know for I low key think my aunt is not my, is not my uncle's type, but. He loves my my aunt, and I think they start off as friends at first, and then See, they grew, they grew into a relationship. Now, that, when it comes to our generation, half the time you meet somebody, you fuck them, and um, wish for the best. <laughs> yeah, it's all up to God. And have I done that? Yeah, yeah, I've done it. I've done it, been in relationships where like we were fucking and I was like, all right, cool. I guess we might as well date. I remember I <laughs> till this day, I don't know, me and this girl said I've never dated. Um, and this is some fucked up shit on my part. Um I we were dating for, we, were, we were hanging out for like I think like a month, maybe two months, and I haven't smashed yet. Meaning have sex. Mm-hmm. And we're in the car and I was, and I kind of like, we kind of were talking about the sex and everything. She's like, well, I don't have sex with nobody that I'm not in a relationship with. And then my dumb ass was just like, I mean, we've been seeing each other for like two months. Might as well start dating, you know, relationship. And she was like, really? I was like, yeah. And then she drove to my house and we had sex. (laughs) You just, you just segued that into a way to get in her drawers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was basically it. And then, but the thing is, I'm, I'm a toxic relationship person, so I'll date somebody because I just like I like relationships. I prefer relationships than just fucking around because mm-hmm. I can't do nasty shit to like multiple women. That's just wild. Agreed. Um, there, there's there's chapters in the book. There's certain chapters you don't get to with certain people. Yeah, so I can't do that all the time. So I like to be in a relationship because I can do all this nasty shit. But then I get bored, and then I'm just like, I really don't like you like that. And then you start seeing the real side of a person, and then you're like, oh shit, I this this is thing, and this is my fault. This is 100 percent my fault. The people that are listening to this, 
I, this is my fault. This is nobody else's fault except for myself for putting myself in this situation because I'm, I'm thinking with my penis and I'm not having control over my sexual urges. But I'm getting better. And that, that is part of the process. At least that is, the, that is the goal that I think a lot of people miss out on is you have to acknowledge, you have to acknowledge where you are and be doing active work to work on that and yeah. not just be wallowing in your own shit. Cause there's yeah. some people that I know oh. to this day that I've known for years that are still doing the same shit they were doing when I met them. It, it takes, it takes a while. It takes a while um, to do that. Like um, my shorty right now, she was just like, you don't understand all your flaws. I was like, bitch, I know everything that I do wrong. I'm just trying to get through this right now. I know what I'm fucked up in. I'm just not at the point where I'm ready to handle that particular issue at this moment. Give yeah, me a second. I know the mirror raised to me. I know I've raised the mirror multiple times to me because my aunt has made me realize how fucked up my thing is. If things keep going wrong, a lot of times you got to realize what's the common denominator. Like, the what is the common denominator? The person in the mirror. Yeah, and I remember there was like about a year ago. I was like, why can't I handle my money right? Oh god. Story of my life. And I was like, why can't I handle my money right? And then I, I, was, I was like, I, I read a bunch of books, I look at all these YouTube videos, I'm trying to get better. Why haven't I done? I was like, oh, I've never taken the initiative and actually really took took a handle at it like really sat down and become disciplined towards towards handling my money the correct way. Because I think that's a problem a lot of people run into nowadays with a lot of things they want to work on. They will acquire the knowledge to solve the problem, but not put it into practice. Yeah. And I think that's where we all fall, fall short and we, we know what to do. But we don't do it. We find reasons not to or procrastinate. They yeah. will get to it. We're not ready and everything like, else. Because I work, I, I have um, I personal train and I um, do other projects. I get a lot of money from different directions. And I never, I keep track of it, but I don't keep track of how I'm spending it. So about a year ago, I was like, all right, let me keep track of where everything is going to go. Because I have a bills from all of, I do have, I have like small businesses and I have like things like regular regular stuff that I pay for. So I need to understand where everything is going. So I decided to do that. And like, okay, this, and, I, and this is something basic for some people who are listening. Like I do this all the time already. Oh, what is he talking about? He's so, well, this is not basic for me at the time. So it's Friday, Monday. I'll be like, if I get paid Friday, I'll be like, okay, this check, th if I get paid, whatever this is coming from, I know where everything's going to go get paid for, for, for this Friday. And what, I got, what, what I'm going to have left over. Like, I started mapping shit out. And I think when it comes to, like, people with bad habits and bad, like, and, and bad behavior, we know we need to change it, but we don't put a plan together of how to change it. And I'm, I'm sure once you had that realization yourself, I'm, I can almost guarantee it help you become a better trainer. Yeah. Because now you can see how those two things are parallel because – you can show somebody the proper form to do a squat, but if they're not going to do it, they're not going to get results. Yeah, and it's and it's it was it's that, and it's also um, just being on top of things, and that's what being a man is about, actually. Like the illest dudes I ever met, like fuck the mask, the toxic masculinity shit. Like talk about like legit shit is. Men who have their shit together. But see, I think one of the things with saying that, though, is a lot of people have a warped perception of... But I, okay, so you know what? Is. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of bring in this blanket statement a little bit better. And then when I say shit together, because I'm happy that you kind of pointed it out, I'm not talking about you live in a million-dollar condo, you pushing a Porsche, you, you're doing that. You could just be going to school, 
live, have a roommate, have a little nine to five job that pays like whatever, like 18 bucks, 15 bucks an hour, minimum wage in New York City. I don't, I don't know where, who else listening. 15 bucks an hour. And your bills are paid for. That's how, that, that to me is having your shit together. Your bills are paid for. And if you have a little rough time, you can get through it. That's also having your shit together. Everything is in the rock bottom or a ground zero occurrence. Yeah. It's just, you just, you doing your thing. I, and I think we forget the simplistic part of it. And sometimes I forget that too. Don't get me wrong. Like, I feel like I have to make this amount of money. And that's just me coming from uh, a low middle class family. Because I want to do better than what my mom did for me. But that's the Sagittarius in me. Just constantly want to improve and be better. Um, but it's, I don't, I don't think the most manliest shit is like, yo, my bills are paid. I mean, I have uh, um, $20 in my bank account. My bills are paid and I can buy this croissant if I want to. Like, and I think we forget the simple part of life also. That's also another problem with our generation where the simple shit, we forget about it. We glorify the decadence, but don't appreciate the simple. Yeah, and then when we get the decadent things, the, the over-the-top things, we like, we like thirst for the simple shit. Everybody wants to be in Tulum and Dubai, but don't realize the beauty of walking through Central Park. Yeah. And 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 I always say strive for better, do what the best you can, do what you know, whatever. But sometimes just fucking walking outside and could be the fucking greatest moment in the world. I you you know who Gary Vee is? I know the name, it sounds familiar. He's like this motivational business entrepreneur type of um social media like guy, whatever. And Mm -hmm. he has said the greatest shit I ever heard, and I always think about it. He was just like being happy is the goal. And I'm not talking, he's not talking, I'm not talking about materialistic shit. He was just like, he's like, I have friends who are multi-millionaires and they're fucking miserable. And then he's like, I have friends who make $40,000 a year. They play video games when they get home. They're on a they're on a they're on a sports team during the weekends. They scrap some cash together every every twice a year, go on a vacation with their family, and they're fucking happy. And that's that's it. That's but people yeah. don't understand. Happiness isn't something to be bought or purchased. It's something to be valued. There yes. is value in peace there is value in good company there is value in being able to wake up in the morning those can't you can't put a price tag on any of those like you can put on a birkin bag or a rolex and the biggest thing i saw it was with i'm gonna tell you this right now i bring her up all the time but my ex who i dated was the biggest lesson in my life I am so happy I dated her because she taught me so much about myself and about reality. See, that that second part is the part a lot of people need more lessons on. A lot of people know plenty about themselves, but don't realize how they fit into the reality of the world. Because there was, she never did stuff that made her happy. That's and a- <laughs> that's why I've always been pretty good with myself because I'm do- I do stuff that make me happy. A lot of people don't do things that make them that make them happy. Like, yeah, I have all this shit, but I'm not happy. I'm not genuinely happy. And you can ask a hundred people, only ten percent, only ten or ten probably be like, "Yo, I'm genuinely happy." I can t- I tell people all the time, I may not be the nicest person in the world, but I know I will have a moment of happiness sooner than anybody else will because I protect my peace. Yeah, and but it's also they because so she worked a corporate job, she mm-hmm. hated it, absolutely hated it. 
she wanted to leave, but she was like, I can't leave because I own this house. Um, I, I, I just can't leave. And I want to do this. I was like, do it then. Nah, I can't. Okay. No risk, no reward. So she's like, this and that, this and that. And she was always so miserable because she was never truly happy with herself and what what she was doing with her life. I don't know what she is doing now, but the time we were together, I was like, you're not happy. She wasn't a happy person. And I think it also goes to toxic masculinity that we spoke about earlier when it's like, a lot of times guys want to try some shit, but they don't, but they don't want to look funny. Like, I'm pretty sure there's some dude in the hood who's like, I want to get into ballet. Yep. I want to do this, this, and this, but I don't know how it's going to make me look. Uh, how, because, what am I going to say? Because my boys are going to make fun of me, and I, I don't think chicks are going to like me if I do that. They go, Not knowing that, that what we talked about, this, this connects to what we talked about earlier, sometimes the chicks are going to be like, we're going to make fun of you, not what you really want. You want the, that, that really smoking hot chick that's going to be in the back of your class who's in shape because she's, she's doing ballet and she's mad worldly and knows a lot of shit. But you won't approach her because you think she's looking at you some kind of way instead of just taking the risk and learning. Yeah. But you also won't be in the room to meet her. Exactly, because you won't put yourself in the situation because you're too yeah. worried about what people, yeah. other people yeah. think. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like, who gives a fuck? Because, and I remember I had a student. Um, I used to teach at this private school in, in Midtown. And, and me and him were just talking it up. And he was just like, yeah, you know, it's really hard for me to date right now. I think at the time he, he was a t- really tall kid. Oh, I remember when you posted about this story. I remember yeah. this one. This is another one, actually. Oh, and he was really tall, and then it was kind of the same, same type of like stories, kind of the same story. He was, and he was just like, he has really hard for me. I was like, yo, bro, just be yourself. The chicks may not appreciate you now because you're in high school and it's all like got a cool kind of shit. You'll be fine after high school. Trust me. You'll be perfectly fine after high school. Because after high school, you realize all that was bullshit. Yeah. You'll be perfectly fine after high school. He was like, yo, thanks. And his mom came to pick him up the next day. And she before he they met up, he, he she came to my she came to my class. He was like, Hey, thank you so much for that conversation you had with me. Cause now he feels better. And I was like, Yeah, like, because I was that kid. Whereas like in high school, you're not really cool. Like I had I, I like my high school was a little small, so I knew all the cool kids, and all the cool kids were friends with me, but I didn't fit in. Um, but everybody knew who I was because of my personality. And that's high school is like a, a, a point where I was like, me just being me, I'm getting over. So I'm fine. <laughs> You're surviving. I'm, 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 I'm okay. Like I've been fine my whole entire life. I didn't get the chicks, but the same girl I had a massive crush on, I ended up dating her my first year of college. Did I improve myself? Yes. I started working out more. I started being more confident in myself. Yes, I did all of that. But the essence of who I am was still there. It was just, you could be the, a more productive, better version of it. Now. Yeah. Which is like, okay, yeah. The, the engine of the car is still great, but you know what? Fix the body up the car up a little bit. Get a new paint job. Fix Throw it up a little bit. Wash it every once in a while. Throw wash some black it every once in a while. Like, you know, do like, do the basic shit necessary. And I'm pretty sure she, we ended up dating for like about a year after after college, after high school. So, so yeah, like it you're gonna win at the end of the day. It's just that just be yourself and do what makes you happy. And that the, what makes you happy should be the end result and the goal to be yeah, productive. Because, because at the end of the day, you're gonna be you're gonna be miserable now. If you want to be a millionaire, you want to make a ton of money. Fine, go ahead, work towards that. But still, find happiness in other shit. Like, still do that. Because, and this is the perfect way to end this is if we've learned anything from Miss Corona coming to town, money and all that material stuff can disappear real fast. 
everything can come to a halt very quickly without you knowing. So you got to have something that's yours to hold on to that nobody can take away. And for more often than not, happiness is that. Yeah, happiness. Happiness is is the key to like to everything, man. Like, um, you need you need that. I, I generally believe you need that. Um, I, I've it's taken me a while to fully understand it, but like, um, like you need you need that, and relationships don't make you happy. You, you got to be you got to be happy with with, with yourself. Well, sir, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure no talking to you as usual. Mm-hmm. And we covered a lot, and I cannot wait for everybody to hear this episode. <laughs> no problem. Thank you so much no for having me. I will talk to you very soon. All right, no problem, brother. Peace. All right, bye. So this episode was an example of what happens when I get into a good conversation with somebody who I enjoy speaking with and we have a lot of things in common and a lot of similar thought processes. So this is one for you to take now that the gyms are reopened, get your behind on the treadmill and just take a listen. Um, this week's Peach Pit is going to be very simple. It is the beginning of fall. Libra season has started, and Election Day is November 3rd, 2020. Please make sure you register to vote and you get out there to vote. You cannot demand change if you are not a part of the process, and don't waste your vote trying to Mm -hmm. make a stand and make a difference. Vote for what you know is right and what will deliver the result that you truly want to see in the world. Good night.